Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. I am uh, excited about Vacation Bible School starting this week. Uh, We are going to have a wonderful time teaching young people about the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something, that is an investment that pays off dividends for generations. And so uh, we we are excited to launch VBS this week. Uh, if you can't volunteer, uh, do me a favor, just pray for us over the next three days uh, that the Lord uh, makes an impact in the lives of these young people. Uh, we have to do the best we can uh, trying to impact them with the truth of God's word in a uh, a fun and an exciting way, so that way they keep it locked in their heart. You know, the Bible says, uh, David said, Lord, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, I've learned about your goodness and I want to live like you want me to live. And so we desire that for the next generation. So just be in prayer with us over the next three nights. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a party. So uh, if you want to come have a good time with us, you're welcome. Uh, we are going to have a, uh, a time machine that we parked out there uh, side by side that we're rigging up as a time machine with all kind of neon lights. And so pray that the kid doesn't uh, take that over and uh, drive that. Uh, that would be a bad situation. So, uh, but all joking aside, we're going to be safe. We're going to have a wonderful time. And uh, I know God's going to bless the next generation. Today, I just want to have a quick conversation. We're going to be in the letters series from 1 Thessalonians. And I just kind of want to have a talk because I feel like, can we just have a talk like a family chat today? Just just, 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 just the kids, right? Just the kids. Uh, because I feel like there's an epidemic that has been sweeping through the church and not just the church, the city, and not just the city everywhere for quite a while. And it's kind of gone unaddressed. And I want to address it. I want to speak to it. Um, and one of the reasons I want to speak to it is because I ran across some statistics early this week, and it blew my mind. Um, they polled 10,000 people. This is a large poll they did. They polled 10,000 people, and 61% of those people uh, said that uh, they agreed to feeling a constant stress, depression, or anxiety. Uh, Tim talked about this two weeks ago in a very unique way. I'm going to take it from a different perspective today. Uh, 40% of adults polled said that they feel lonely in their stress, like they couldn't talk to anyone about it, that it's something they have to bear the burden themselves. 35% said that they were stressed by an indirect problem or conflict that a friend or loved one was dealing with. Are you that kind of person that if maybe a family member is dealing with something stressful, you take that stress on yourself? Uh, maybe you have a really close friend that's dealing with something and you bear those people's burdens. The scripture tells us to bear one another's burdens. But today I'm going to bring some clarity to that because there are certain burdens that aren't yours to bear. There are certain burdens that God never meant for you to carry. And so today I've entitled my sermon, The Quiet Life. The Quiet Life. In 1 Thessalonians, I found a really cool verse Uh, Starting in chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, it says, Now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. 
And in fact, you do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia. Here's what he's saying. Uh, Paul's writing the church of Thessalonica and he's saying about your love for one another, you're not like the Corinthians. You're not fighting over what we should eat and what we should drink. You're not fighting over those things. Matter of fact, you get along really well. We want to commend you that like your love for each other is great. And I feel like this really fits Hope City. Because can I tell you, even in the city, we're known for our love for one another. Even when I talk to people that don't go to the church, they say, oh man, every time I run into Hope City people, they always seem happy. They always seem like they're having a good time because we enjoy being around each other, right? We love each other here at Hope City. Um, And so Paul was basically telling the church of Thessalonica that I see that in you. I see that in you. And, 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 And I don't think there needs to be any changes there. But he goes on to say, there is a change I do think we need to make. He says, yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. And he goes, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. A quiet life. And there's a lot of times in the Bible where you have to go digging to see what they're talking about. This is not one of them. Uh, Right after he says, lead a quiet life, he says, you should mind your own business. Whoa, take it easy, Paul. I've had a rough week. Tread lightly, brother, right? And then he says, and work with your own hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not need to be dependent on anybody. Wow, wow. Mind your own business. And then work on yourself. And for yourselves, do the things that you need to do for yourselves. Now, there's a, there's a lot of times that I can get up here and I can give you Greek and Hebrew, Aramaic. I can break this thing down. But can I tell you, this is one time that when you break it down in all different languages, it literally means mind your business. Mind your business. And Here's what's really strange about it is that Paul says, man, you really love each other well. You love each other so much that there's nothing I can really add to your love for one another. But can I tell you where there's great compassion, sometimes the lines get crossed and we can dig into other people's business, can't we? And it comes from a good place. But he's saying, I want you to keep loving each other I want you to keep encouraging one another, but this quiet life thing, you've got to start chasing this. How many of you have ever just stopped and pondered, is it even possible to have a quiet life anymore? Can I tell you, you have to work to find quiet anymore. You have, dadgum, you have to work to find quiet. You've got, this past weekend, uh, we had some friends come over. We finished this huge irrigation system. We threw sod. We did a bunch of dirt work at the house. Can I tell you, I am smack dab tired. I'm just wore out. This fat body is aching this morning. And here's what's interesting. Yesterday I woke up and Wendy said, what are we going to do today? I said, not a thing. She said, what do you mean not a thing? I said, Sabbath. Time out. <laughs> I'm hurt. I said, we're burning through our friends like charcoal. They're giving up on us. They're bailing out. 
Thank God for friends. Amen. And I told Wendy, I said, I'm not going to do a thing. She goes, well, Gabe's got a birthday party in Fort Walton. I said, have a great time taking him. So what do you mean? I said, I'm not leaving the house today. I'm not going anywhere. And then Maddie said, Dad, I hadn't tried the new chilies. I said, okay, we'll go to chilies, but that's it. <laughs> I will stretch for you. Such a giving father. The new chilies is pretty good. It's pretty good. Aren't we grateful we have the chilies now? That's great. Love what's happening to our city. If you don't know God's blessing our city, you got to have some blinders on or something. Yeah, so today I just want to talk. Honestly, I'm not even going to preach to you. We're just going to talk today. Because I've got to find some quiet. Are you that way? Could you deal with a little more quiet? Could you take a little more just... So yesterday, Wendy takes Gabe and she leaves. And Maddie was still semi-conscious in her own room. And Nora was playing quietly in her room. And I sat in the recliner and I hit the button. You know the button. The button where it just started. And that was the only noise going in the whole house. And it seemed so alien. I almost seemed lost in the quiet. And it dawned on me, baby, you got to work hard for quiet. I mean, we got three kids. They got us outnumbered now. We got to work hard on quiet. We've got responsibilities everywhere we look. Even just working on the house, there's projects. Everywhere you look, you see something else needs to be done. Can I tell you, our marriage, it's, it's work. If you've got a good marriage, you put some work into it. How many knows it's worth working on? Amen. But it's work. Your relationships, friendships, it takes time. It takes work. So everywhere we look as adults, there's everything but quiet. And Paul writes to the church and he says, listen, you're doing so much well. We don't even want to challenge this in you because you love each other so well. He says, but inasmuch as you have been successful loving each other, there is an area I will challenge you that you will need. And he says, work hard to obtain a quiet life. Work hard to obtain a quiet life. And as I was reading that this past week, it dawned on me that I am failing at acquiring a quiet life. And I thought, well, first, what are the benefits of a quiet life? The fact that you can even just sit and ponder God's goodness in the quiet sometimes. You know, when's the last time you've even just been alone with your own thoughts? When's the last time you've been alone just to sit and not have anything to do but just rest and put on some worship music and just, just be regenerated? Just be refreshed. I know, I feel the same way. <laughs> totally get my point. 
Just let it all out. I know. This quiet thing must be valuable. Or Paul would not be challenging the entire church of Thessalonica to go after it. And he gives some prescriptions as to how to find it. And the first thing he says is, is, is mind your own business. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, it says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now look what it's saying there. It says, if it's possible, there's caveat number one. Then caveat number two, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You have two exits to that highway. If it's possible, and as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Can I tell you, there are certain scenarios you can't make peace in. Why are we killing ourselves? We are fighting with everything in us to make peace in a non-peaceable solution. There are areas that I don't care how good of a negotiator you are. Baby, you ain't going to be able to fix it. And the truth is, if we're going to live a quiet life, it's high time we come to understanding that God never called us to fix people. Oh, did I say people? I should, I should have said problems. Did that slip out? Wendy, I need more help than I thought. My subconscious is hanging out. Does anybody else's problems equate to people from time to time? Have you ever had a week like that, that if you didn't have people, there were no problems to be found? Can I tell you, people can be problematic. And they will bring their problems to you and Chantel, congratulations, and heap problems on you. And you know what they don't ask? Do you have enough capacity to carry this right now? Are you at rest with your quiet life enough to help me negotiate this terroristic moment of my existence? No, they're just bringing it throw it at you. See, I am a professional problem solver. I'm a pastor. That's what I do. People come to me with problems, and we go to God's word and we find solutions. The problem is is people think they can outsmart the scripture. Oh, hang on. I wasn't going to preach. I'm trying to find a quiet life up here. Bear one another's burdens. When the scripture says to bear each other's burdens, it's talking one believer to another. Do you know the only problem that you can really solve for a non-believer is Jesus? Oh, hang on, hang on, don't miss that. Because until they receive the knowledge that the Bible is the basis of all peace, knowledge, increase, love, joy, happiness, until they receive that, there's nothing else we have to give them. Because as a believer, every solution I have has got to be scripturally based. 
so, when you come to Pastor Josh with a problem, first off, I'm grateful. And I love each and every one of you, and you're welcome to come to me. But I want you to understand, I will never give you Josh's solution. Because Josh's solutions have failed Josh. I have got to give you guaranteed solutions. And the only thing I have that is guaranteed not to fail is Scripture. So when you bring a problem, and I show you two or three Scriptures that frame the problem up and show you, if you'll do this, then you get this, and this can be fixed this way. And then... I don't even know if I should say this. I don't know. Y'all just forgive me. I'm just going to talk today. I give people a biblical solution, and then they do everything but the biblical approach for the fix. And then they want to schedule another hour of time to say, is there any other way, perhaps? <laughs> no! I mean, there are, but we're just kind of shooting fish in a barrel. We're just taking guesses at it. I gave you the best I had to give you. I gave you the guarantee because I gave you God's word on the situation. And so people are running through this life just falling in the same mud pit over and 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 over. And I could just finish the rest of my sermon with overs because they won't apply the one way to fix it. And these are the burdens that just get heavy because we've tried over over again and we've gone to the scripture time and time again and then I want to see people live in peace and joy and harmony and then I see the pain and the problems that perpetuate when we don't do it God's way There is only one way to a quiet life. And it's God's way. Can I tell you one of the greatest names of God is Prince of Peace? Prince of Peace. Say, Pastor Josh, you're going a little, little, little hard on us this morning. Okay. Here's why. Peace is obtainable. So why don't we have more of it? Could it possibly be that we have made everything else the priority but our peace? Can I tell you, there have been days in my life where I've had a bank account here and I've had a bank account here. And you know what? My peace was not in direct correlation. Matter of fact, 
I had a nervous breakdown. I was 28 years old. I had more money in the bank than I ever thought I'd have. And, and I lost my mind. I'm talking about lock myself in my, when do you remember? I locked myself in my closet squalling. Lost my mind. I had money, but I had no peace. Why do I tell you that today? Because you might be out here and be foolish enough to think that if you chase another dollar, it brings peace with it. Don't be a fool. The scripture says if you chase money, it'll sprout wings like a butterfly and you'll never obtain it. You don't believe me? Go get the scriptures. That's what it says. You see, having money is great, but not at the cost of peace. Not at the cost of the quiet life. Because, see, you can have everything in the world and lack peace, and you can't give everything you've obtained to a doctor to fix it. Oh, they'll try. They'll, subscribe, they'll prescribe you everything. Had a doctor tell me one time, he goes, I need you to take this for two weeks and not go back to work for two weeks. I said, both at the same time? I want to be able to remember my vacation. I... He said, well, if one doesn't work, surely the other one will. I said, oh, we're just guessing now. That's what we're doing. We're guessing. Can I tell you anything but the scriptures just to guess? If you have a problem with your refrigerator and you bought it from GE and there's a problem with it, do you know who you call to fix it? The manufacturer, GE. Because see, they have a group of engineers that put this product together and they know that if this is not happening the way it's supposed to happen, it's probably because this thing is broken over here that's not allowing the flow of this to get to here. I'm just frustrated because I get like drops of water out of my refrigerator right now. But I wish as humans we would understand that we also have a manufacturer. And we go everywhere with our problems, but to the manufacturer. That would be like our refrigerator. If I pick the phone up and I call Tom Thumb, whoever answered the phone at Tom Thumb, <laughs> so I need to have a conversation. It's serious. Yes, sir, how can I help you? My refrigerator water is not coming out in the flow in which I suspect it should be. I've changed the filter. I've done everything I know how to do. What, how should I proceed from here? <laughs> Sir, have you taken your medicine today? <laughs> right? But why is it? Stay with me. Please forgive me for what I'm about to say if it hurts too bad. 
Why will we take our problems and our stresses to a non-believer and expect a fix? They don't know. All they can do is quote Dr. Phil and Oprah. They're just guessing. That's the power of doing life with other believers. That when you're going through all sorts of chaos, there's somebody there that may know the part of the manual or maybe they have gone through the same problem and they've allowed the manufacturer to heal them and fix them. This sermon's going a little bit different direction than I thought it would. But can I tell you, this is my desire for us as a church. Is that we have the peace that's promised to us in the Scripture. What good does it do Landing in heaven, just, oh, oh, I didn't, oh, that was horrible. Woo, I'm glad that's over. Can you imagine? People from other, people from other countries, like Wendy said, when I met these brothers in Africa, these suckers slept on the floor. I'm talking about on rocks. And they opened their Bibles to the story of Daniel and the lion's den and laid it on their chest. And they said, if we lay this on our chest, we will not die by lion tonight. They were, some of them walked five days to hear me talk. Do you know how humbling that is? And they lay down with no blankets. And when I meet them, they have such peace. American church, we have been lied to. Your peace does not come from your stuff. Your peace does not come from your prescriptions. Your peace comes from the one who is your provision. If you're going to have a quiet life, you've got to chase the one who can give the peace. And in the same way that we don't chase God for all the benefits, we chase him because we have fallen madly in love with him because of what he did for us. But the byproduct of chasing after him is everything we need. He'll supply according to his riches and glory. You see, I've done life according to my riches and glory, and I always fall short. I never issue myself peace in the measurement that I really need. The scripture says it like this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things. Now, I can't be the husband to you that I need to be because I haven't found that quiet. I just got to be better at that. Maddie, I can't be the dad. Gabe, I can't be the dad that I'm supposed to be without that quiet life. And how can I obtain that? Let's go back to the word, mind my own business. 
mind my own business. Say, Pastor, is it that simple? That ain't me. That's the scripture. Mind your business. You see, my family is a southern family. And we can mind your business better than you can. (laughs) You know why we do that? Because if I stay so focused on your problems, I ain't got to look at mine. Hang on. Hang on. Ain't it easier to look at somebody else's mess? Well, brother, if you'll just pray this way and quote that scripture, then it'll all work out. In the meantime, all hell's breaking loose in my house. And the truth is, is instead of me minding your house, I should be minding my house. Everybody out here telling other people how they should fix their issues. Then he says, Paul says something even deeper. He goes, in minding your own business, he goes, then work with your own hands. And see, at first I thought that meant like, like get, like do something physical, like, because like they say, like working with your hands is like good for the mind. And, but can I tell you, I've had enough of that over the past two weeks. I'm kind of over that. And I, I don't feel much at peace. My body like is begging me to like, like just stop. Right? Here's what it's saying. It's saying focus on what you can fix. Just what you can handle. Work with your own hands. Deal with the things I've put in front of you. Mind your own business. Work with your own hands. Mind your own business. Work with your own hands. So here's the solution. Let's, let's, I'm not excluding myself. Let's start pacing ourselves a little differently. We have to. Life at the speed in which we are trying to accomplish it is unsustainable. I feel like instead of finding a good pace and like being able to maintain a peace, a uh, pace of peace and quiet and just that comfortable, quiet life. Instead, what we do is, is we burn all of our fuel, then we burn out. Then we run back to God and we say, we're empty. And his spirit is faithful. He refuels us. And then we burn all of our fuel again. All jets forward. And then we collapse again. And we come back to the Lord. God, I'm tired. Just help me. And the whole time he's saying, the answer is simple. You got to change your pace. You got to change your expectations. More than anything else, son and daughter, why are you chasing that which you're chasing? Can I tell you, I've, I've never been a billionaire. 
but I've been really successful according to the world. Really successful according to the world. It, the only thing that changes is who you can bless. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if you make the things of this world your approach and your purpose, you can chase that with every drop of energy that you are ever going to have and cram it into one day. And you're never going to win. No. So how do we fix it? First, what are you chasing? And why are you chasing it? A lot of us are chasing, whether it's finances, whether it's a relationship, whether it's peace and other areas and whatever you're chasing, can I tell you, there's one source that is a guarantee to what you need. Jesus. So if you switch and you transition your approach and you say, Josh, I've tried doing it my way. If we were just going to get real, I'm talking about just real, real this morning, like Pastor Josh didn't even preach a sermon this morning. And we're just talking as family. The only mistake some of us really have made is we just chase the wrong thing. That's it. We've all done that. That's okay. That just, that just, that just means we're aiming at the wrong target. We still have the ability to be successful. We just need to change what we're aiming at. It's obtainable this quiet life. And so, what do we aim at? We aim at more time with God. We aim at, when we're trying to help people, we make sure we let the scripture do the heavy lifting. We aim at setting good boundaries. Because there are people out there that they are so lost and hurting that they become ravenous. That they will use and take and use and take until you have nothing left to give. That's why you never become the source in the first place. You just introduce them to the scripture. And then if they don't follow that, that's the limit of my wisdom. I've done for you what I can do for you. Change our target. What are we chasing? Then change our pace. Man, the pace at which some of us run is just... My parents are semi-retired. and They come down here and they say the same thing every time they get here, don't they, Wendy? How do y'all do this? How do you do it? Wendy got up this morning. You look beautiful today, by the way. She's putting on her clothes and, I mean, just looks fantastic. You look beautiful, by the way. And she gets here and the school didn't warn us or anything. There's just, it's just dirty. 
And instead of saying, well, I guess people are just going to have to walk on dirty floors. Said that first. That's okay. She shifts gears. And Jen and her begin mopping floors. And they start down here. And they go all the way down the hallway. Why do I tell you that? That's a pace we got to be careful with. That's a pace we can burn ourselves out, Wendy. We have to be wise. I'm not saying we don't clean the floors. No. We want this place to be wonderful for you when you get here. But can I tell you, once we invest in that, we've got to be wise that we get rest somewhere else. We have to be wise. Since I got here this morning, I've been an electrician. I've been a plumber. That's part of being a mobile church. We never know what we're going to deal with once we get here. But you know what? We burn at a pace that when people from the outside look at it, say, how are you doing that? Let me tell you something. It's our aim. Our aim is introducing you to Jesus. Right? But even in that, we've got to protect ourselves. Pace yourself carefully. I have seen pastors, I'm talking about on fire with the Holy Ghost, burn out so fast and get out of the ministry. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my wife. I say that for us, but you guys are running even hotter than we are. Pace yourself. Anything worth getting is found at Jesus' feet, not in the marketplace. So pace yourself. Change what you're aiming at and change your pace. And I think if we do that, we're going to get a little bit closer to that quiet life. Amen? So... Today, if you'll just stand your feet, I'm just going to pray over us, over us. I know it's a little bit different day to day. I didn't really preach a sermon, but I just, honestly, I just needed a day to kind of be refreshed and kind of, I don't know, just kind of realign. And I know if the Lord leads me there to a place of, kind of seeing that I've maybe, maybe just by a couple of degrees, I'm just a little bit off. And maybe I'm just going a little too hard toward those things that can't yield the fruit that I need them to yield. But if I change those things, and I put my Him back as my focus, and I change my pace to resting at His feet, a little more, and I think I'm going to be okay. You know what? I think you will be too. But I want you to find the quiet life. Because just like Paul, you love each other so well. You're doing so many things right. But this epidemic of just grinding constantly, we have to figure that out. I thank God that the scripture already has. Amen.
Let me pray for us. Lord, first, we love you. We thank you for loving us the way you do. And Lord, first, thank you for leading me to the scripture that says to value the quiet life. So often we read in the scripture where bear one another's burdens, take up our cross. Uh, there's, there's just all these different, but then there's also verses that say just labor to enter into the rest. There are scriptures that tell us just to sit at your feet. And Lord, you are the source of all things. And so whatever we need, whatever it is we're chasing, whatever it is that we are, I mean, just wearing ourselves thin over, help us to realize that you're the only target that matters. You're the only focus that really can change the situation. Father, if it's people that are just being so heavy, they're wearing us out, help us to put them uh, in connection with you because we can't fix things, you can. And Lord, forgive us for the times that we thought we could. And then Lord, on top of that, just help us to find a different pace. A pace to actually enjoy the life that you've blessed us with. To just stop and take a deep breath. Lord, for me personally, like, I need you to take away a fear in me. I need you to remove a fear in me that if I stop, I lose something. Because that's not what your word says. Your word says if I rest at your feet, that you will meet my needs according to your riches and glory. So help me to get past this pride, this thing that I've created in me that says if I stop, I lose. That's not your word. Yes, I will be diligent. Yes, I'll work with my own hands. Yes, I'll mind my own business. But Lord, I just need to rest at your feet. I thank you for that, that wisdom and that knowledge today. Lord, would you bless us and keep us? Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. But whatever you call us to, would you bless it? Would you multiply it? Don't let us think it's on ourselves to do that. Lord, the scripture says there are some that water and some that plant, but it's you who brings the increase. Forgive us for thinking it's us that brings the increase. Lord, it's nothing but your goodness that brings increase. So help us to stay focused on you this week and to find a new pace. We love you, and we thank you for this time in your word and this time together. I pray, Lord, that we really will take it to heart, that you have a different pace and a quiet life for your people. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.